I don't make sense anymore. I'm just polls and election. Okay, we're gonna look real quick at the polls real quick. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just can't. No, it's necessary. I have scissors here so I can um gouge my throat out if I need to. Pass them through the iPhone and I'll do that as well. Okay. Okay. everybody. Welcome back. You are listening to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Caroline A. Metty. And I'm Connor Perkins. And we're your hosts for the next hour-ish of Disney magic and fun and beauty and grace. And yeah, I didn't think I couldn't think of anything to add to that. I'm sorry. And pixie. It's dust. like when you're doing. It's like when you're you're like in improv class and like you stand up there and then there's nothing in your mind. <laughs> Yeah, and you're just like, yes, and, and they're like, uh, (laughs) it's day two of election night here, so you can imagine that we are fucking crazy right now. Yeah, we went back and forth, we're like, can we even do this? Is there a point in doing this? What do we do? Yeah, we decided that we were going to do it because I don't even know why, but we just decided. (laughs) (laughs) You needed it, we needed it. I mean, granted, it's not going to come to you. In any sort of timely manner to make a difference in your life. But oh, but you know what? Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it might make a difference in ours. Yeah, so it does. I'm not counts. even going to lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we it's night two of election week. Um, and so we're just like trying to focus on something that's like a little bit joyful. Speaking of after last week, which was our bonus Halloween episode and Halloween and our little virtual Halloween parade on Instagram. Those were things that brought a lot of joy to my life. So I hope they made someone else happy besides me. Yeah. Also, like, (laughs) how about that surprise bonus episode? I felt really good. I kept that secret from a lot of people for a while. And I was very proud of myself. I'm like, oh, thank you. (laughs) If you were following us on social media and looking at our clues, I hope you were surprised and I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, And we're definitely looking forward to doing some more bonus episodes in the future if, you know, our schedule and everything like that allows. So if you really enjoyed our bonus episode and want more content like that, make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever app or website you're using to listen to this podcast. That way, any new episodes, any bonus content will automatically download to your device and just be teed up and ready to go. And while you're at it, you might as well just give us, you know, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook and give us a review too because I mean, why not? Yeah. Like, we'll always shout you out on the, on the socials as well. Our love language is definitely acts of service <laughs> slash um, gifts. <laughs> so, and that's both. So, so yeah. <laughs> it is a lovely gift of an act of service that helps our <laughs> podcast reach more people and bring more people into the fam, which is honestly what we're trying to do. So if you do that for us, I mean, 
you're golden in our eyes. Oh, yeah. Christmas comes early whenever you do that. Oh. Oh, Christmas is coming. I know. Bye-bye, spooky season. We we had. A, I think we had a really fun spooky season here on the pod. I was thinking about all of our episodes. Yeah. They were fun. We sprinkled it a little bit in starting with My Strongest Suit. Yeah. And then, like... It kind of carried it through. So I thought we, I think, I think that was fun. But now, festive time. Yeah, because we're, we come out every other week, it's time for us to jump in because we don't have so many episodes before, you know, the holidays hit. So we're kind of jumping in. Yeah. We won't bombard you with Christmas, but you know, no, 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 no. There'll be a little something, something in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other I'm sorry my my brain has just been so focused on this election that I'm like yep that's why I am really excited about this episode I know that a lot of us have that feeling right now of not having a lot of bandwidth for a lot of other things and so this is our tips and tricks episode and in this one we are going to put together a few Disney playlists for you and I think it might be a really nice time to kind of you know, get off of social media for a little while, maybe turn off the news for a little and listen to some music. So we'll have three playlists for you by the end of this. And that'll give you, you know, the solid amount of time that you can just like vibe and yeah. just try to be okay. Yep. We're all for trying to be okay. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> We're going to be all right. So with this episode, Caroline has made a playlist that is themed and then i have made a playlist that is themed and then we made one together for we work you. together and we're going to figure out a way to make sure that these playlists are available to you either via spotify or youtube or both or something else and we'll, and we'll let you know how that happens yeah that's another reason to follow us on socials because we'll keep you updated there <laughs> <laughs> do it um all righty so my playlist that i created is themed Disney's best Oscar losers. So these are mm. all Disney songs that have been nominated for the Academy Award for best original song, but for one reason or another lost. I'm not including any songs that weren't nominated for best original song because that would just open up the doors to a whole bunch mm-hmm. of things and a whole bunch of opinions and I don't have that many songs available to me. In these playlists we're doing 10 songs each. So I have 10 songs for you that are the best Oscar losers. And so I'm going to start with the oldest and then go forward to the most current. Oh, chronological. Of these songs. Yeah, we're doing we're doing chronological. But honestly, if you want to shuffle them, that'll be a good time, too. So the first song that I chose was nominated for best original song in 1972. This song is The Age of Not Believing from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. It was written by Robert and Richard Sherman and performed by Angela Lansbury. It lost in 1972 to the theme from Shaft, which could not be more different from this freaking song. (laughs) That's funny. Also, like, go listen to the theme from Shaft because, like, it's it's like an awesome funky beat, and then the lyrics so come hilarious. in. And he's like, "He's gonna have sex with the person," and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> oh, lost man. to the theme of Shaft. So, like, what's happening in the song is the song is all about getting to the point in your childhood where you're leaving your childhood behind, and you know, focusing on things that are logical and concrete, and you lose the sort of imaginative side of of your childhood. 
And this song has always like meant a lot to me. I don't know why. It's just it, it's one of the Sherman Brothers songs that has always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I sing it to myself whenever I'm making a bed <laughs> because that's what she does in the scene. She's How singing cutie. as she's making the bed. And I'm just like whenever I'm making my bed, I'm like. Oh, my God. Somebody's Um, listening to this out there and falling in love with you right now. (laughs) But no, I I love I love this movie. I've said it before. This movie is my jam. And this song, I think, is is I mean, there's so much good music in that in that movie. But this one is just like has such a lovely sentiment. And I think the lyrics especially are just like so thoughtful in what mm-hmm. it's trying to characterize, that sort of, like, loss of innocence, but not, like, an aggressive sort of loss of innocence, but yeah. just sort of one that that happens to you as you get older and just, yeah. So I, I love I love that song. And I, I think as much as the theme from Shaft may bop, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the age of not believing, uh, come mm. on, Angela yeah, Lansbury. Come on. Come on. So... My next song on the playlist, I love this song so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, This was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1978. It is Candle on the Water from Pete's Dragon. Oh, yeah. It was written by Al Kasha and Joel Hirshhorn, and it was performed by Helen Reddy. Oh, my God. Uh, This lost to the song You Light Up My Life from the movie You Light Up My Life. Candle on the Water is just such a... It's a beautiful ballad. It's sung by Helen Reddy. Her character in Pete's Dragon is... She's at the lighthouse, and she sings this song, and it's all up against the the beacon of the lighthouse as she's singing. Mm -hmm. And she's singing to her fiancé, who is lost at sea, basically saying, like, I'll be here. I'm waiting for you. Like, I I know that one day we'll find you. I'm not letting you go. Like... Mm -hmm. I think I remember the first time I heard this song was probably on like a Disney compilation album yeah, when they were yeah. like actually CDs. And uh-huh. it always like struck me. And then I had like a piano song book that had it in it. And I remember yeah. trying to play this song on my electric organ that we had in my house because that's the kind of child I was. Yes, indeed. And yeah, I just, the melody, the the lyrics, it's such a good song. It like really, really tugs at your heartstrings, especially like the very end when it just keeps repeating the I'll never let you go. Mm. And it just keeps going on and on. It's got that nice 70s like gorgeousness. Oh, so good. Mm, that's a fun choice. So good. Yeah. So yeah, so far we've had like two ballady types and okay. I wouldn't let you down. I've got a third. Yay, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a ballad. Yeah, we love ballads. Um, this third choice I think this is the one that shocked me the most that this song was nominated and Mm. did not win an Oscar. Okay. This song was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1980, and it lost to the song It Goes Like It Goes from Norma Rae. This was written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher and sung by Kermit the Frog. This is Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie. Arguably, I think one of the most influential songs in pop culture. It has been covered hundreds of times. Yeah, especially when I hear what it lost to. Come on. uh, I have goosebumps right now thinking about this song. It's so Mm -hmm. simple. And it's so like associated with childhood 
and like kids because like Muppets. I but sang Muppets it at my kindergarten graduation. But it's more than that. Like it's part of the Muppet movie. And yeah, the Muppet movie is like it's a kids and family movie. But the Muppets always have like they're for adults, too. It's so, mm-hmm. There's something very unifying about the Muppets. And I think yeah. there's something so unifying about this song. Mm-hmm. And and I like the structure in the movie of like it opening with Kermit singing it with his banjo alone in his the swamp. Banjo. <laughs> and then it ending the movie as a reprise with all of the Muppets there together, like having gone through this journey and then like doing this movie of their journey to getting there. And then the rainbow comes in and just, like, floods them. Oh, my God. I have chills right now. I have chills. The Muppets. Uh, this song is so good. Like, <sighs> uh, the lyrics, like, have you been half asleep and have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. Like, what the hell, man? Mm, like, uh, Hermit. It's nostalgic and hopeful and, I don't know, it calls to something deeper. In all no. of us. And I, mm. I don't know. I don't know how it does it, but it, it does it. <sighs> all right. So number four on my playlist. This song was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1995. It lost to Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Mm. This is where I get like a little, little spicy. The song that I have chosen is Circle of Life from The Lion King, written yeah, by Elton John with lyrics by Tim Rice and performed mm-hmm. by Carmen Twilley and Lebo M. This year, at the 1995 Oscars honoring movies from 1994, The Lion King had three original songs that were nominated. Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Circle of Life, and Akuna Matata. Hmm. Out of all three of those, Can You Feel the Love Tonight won, but I just listening to this song again, the lasting cultural impact of it, mm-hmm. and just like the overall quality of the song, I don't for the life of me understand how Circle of Life didn't win. It's so mm-hmm. profound, both in the lyrics, the Zulu um, that's backing yeah. it up, and just the epic feel of the music surrounding it yeah i I was gonna say it hits you in the feels more than than can you feel the love tonight does yeah like it it opens with a punch and it hooks you and then it just sort of like when it settles into like the zulu and then into the from the day we arrive on the planet Mm -hmm. and blinking step into the sun it just like builds this anticipation in the music that makes you feel part of the of the movie part of the story as these Mm -hmm. animals are all moving towards pride rock and then when it finally swells and it just explodes into the chorus as you see pride rock Mm -hmm. and everything like that like holy like what a feat i know of a song to be able to get all the way there in such like a short period of time with like so so little and it's just it's very it's very simple but it's just executed perfectly and mm-hmm. can you feel the love tonight is a great pop ballad but i think yeah, where the lion king really excels won, I yeah. and i think where i think where elton john and tim rice really excel in this movie is right out of the gate with the opening number it sets the tone for the entire movie and it, i think it's the best song from that movie i'll fight someone on it no i agree with that i will also note that Akuna Matata, honestly, didn't need to be nominated. All right. And, well, here's why. Because it stole a nomination slot 
from Far Longer Than Forever from The Swan Princess, which <gasps> 150% oh, deserved a nomination. Oh, my God. That song deserved it. It got a Golden Globe nomination, but it did <gasps> not get the Oscar nomination because they gave it to Akuna Matata. Lion wow. King, you're fine with two. You were going to win anyway. Far Longer Than Forever deserved its Oscar nomination. Oh, far Shame. Longer Than Forever. Uh, that song. I mean, oh, I know we're a Disney podcast, but like if we weren't, that song would freaking be on here. Even though it wasn't oh nominated. My God. I'd put it in here anyway. Oh my God. Let me just oh. say, the 90s were popping mm-hmm, with truly. song. The Disney Renaissance... DreamWorks emerging as a player, Don Bluth's studio where he's got Swan Princess and Thumbelina and then 20th Century Fox with Anastasia. Like, this is the time yeah, we're on fire. for this music. All that to be said. So my number five pick was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1996. So that means that was honoring movies in 1995. This is You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story. Oh, yeah. This song was written and performed by Randy Newman. It's a great song. Like It's so good. It's, it's iconic. It puts you in this feeling that is so unequivocally the tone of the movie mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I think it really deserves some recognition. Now, I will say this. This is one of the few I have on here that is a is a great song, could have deserved to tie, but I don't think should have won over what it lost to. So I have a okay. couple of those on my list, but mm-hmm. You've Got a Friend in Me Lost to Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas, which mm, yes, is yes, 100% yes. correct because Colors yes. of the Wind is an absolutely incredible song. Correct, the lyrics, yeah. the tune, I would change nothing about it. Yeah. I think You've Got a Friend in Me is like the best runner-up that you could have. What a good year that was. I know, such a good year. I I really like to think about the Academy Awards in terms of their cultural impact. And while, yes, like I look at them very critically of like, what is this doing? I feel like you shouldn't divorce movies from when and how they are changing the art form changing the medium and Mm -hmm. i really do think that you've got a friend in me was very attached to animation changing because it was the first pixar feature film that came out yeah and and i just think that it's that song has meant a lot especially for the disney fans who aren't the princess fans Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that song is kind of like that shadow anthem of disney for a lot Mm -hmm. of those more offbeat Disney lovers. Yeah. All right. Number six. This song was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1998. It is Go the Distance from Hercules. Written by Alan Menken with lyrics by David Zappel. Yes. Uh, It was performed by Roger Bart. I know in a previous episode. (laughs) Explain yourself. (laughs) I have said that Tell them what if you I did. had to get rid of a song, I would get rid of this one. <laughs> but that is, <laughs> this is my chance to redeem myself. Good this job. This song is great. This is, it's it's a, <laughs> it's an absolute, I know I've got a lot of ballads on here. I tried to spice it up Screw with some it. other things. But like, this is just such a good I want song. Mm-hmm. It's very oh. solid. I think there are some other equally or more solid songs that happened throughout the 90s. But this one really, really deserves the recognition. Like, it's it's so what, good. What did it's, it lose to? Well, here's the thing. 
I don't think it should have won over this (gasps) song either. What are you going to say right now? Okay, let me hear. My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, it was... It, oh, it never that's hard though chance. for me. Like well, when I think of both of those songs side by side, I'm like they're equal. But I get why my heart will go on one. It's yeah, fine. that was one where I was like, "Go the distance." How did that not win? And I scrolled down. I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> that's how." <Yep. laughs> it was Titanic <laughs> year right. where Titanic took everything. Was everything? Yeah. Okay. But go the distance. Great song. I you all listen it. You you know this. You know this. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to go on more about why I put it in here because. You'd probably come at me with pitchforks and torches if I didn't. So <laughs> good, good. You're welcome. There's go the distance. Add it to the playlist. Beep good. bop. Oh, I will note right here because now I'm about to jump into the 2000s. Okay. So this this is also kind of furthers my thing of like how baller the 90s were. One of my favorite Disney songs was never nominated for an Oscar. Mm. Reflection from Mulan. Was never nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for a Golden Globe, but actually no songs from Mulan were ever nominated for an Academy Award. Come on. And it was shocking. But then I also looked at what it would be going up against. It would have been up against The Prayer from Quest for Camelot, which won the Golden Globe that year. And... When You Believe from The Prince of Egypt, (gasps) which won the Academy Award. Never mind, never mind. (laughs) So I'm like, if someone told me, like, okay, you have these three songs and you have to pick one, I don't think I would be able to do it. Yeah, those are like three of your, like, favorite songs ever. (laughs) So in some ways, it's kind of nice that, like, that option was kind of taken off the table for me because I would have been able to. Oh, When You Believe. at the same time, like, Reflection was not nominated for an Academy Award. It kills me. It's not right. But Reflection isn't on this playlist because we're only doing songs that are nominated for an Academy Mm, Award. So number seven, we are fast forwarding to this song that was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 2008 from Enchanted. Yay! (laughs) I I chose That's How You Know from Enchanted, which was written by Alan Menken with lyrics by Stephen Schwartz and performed by Amy Adams. Yeah. So Enchanted in 2008 was nominated three times for Best Original Song. Happy Working Song was nominated. Amy Adams sang that at the Oscars. I'm like, did Happy Working Song need a nomination? I don't know. I don't think it did. <laughs> I think they were excited that there was like a Disney musical yeah, again because right. it had been okay. so long since that happened that they mm-hmm. were like, nominate all the shit. Yeah. And they did. And it didn't pay off for any of them. So Close was also nominated. <gasps> I love which so that's Close. Su- I, uh, I love that song too. Yeah. And then the third one was That's How You Know, which Kristen Chenoweth got to sing that song at the Oscars, which like, you I go remember girl. that. But also mm-hmm. Amy Adams. Yeah, hey. I sing that one too. Yeah. But all that to say, all three of those songs from Enchanted lost to, and this is another one where I'm like, you might have deserved to lose to it. Falling Slowly from Once. Oh, yeah. Which, like, oh, oh my God, that is a song that just, like. So, yeah, never mind. That song just, like, reaches, like, through your throat and into your heart and just, like, pulls it out and shows it to you and then gives it a kiss and then puts it back. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that is what that song does to you. Um, But all that to say, that's how you know. I love this song. Yeah. It's a parody of all of the big 
Alan Menken songs yeah. like Under the Sea, Be Our Guest. But it's written by Alan Menken. So it's like an artist parodying themselves. So you know that you're going to get like gold that's both funny but has mm-hmm. so much heart because like they're not losing the integrity of of those original songs. Watching this movie, this song is like what makes me feel like this show needs to be on Broadway. Like I was going to say, number, it's funny when it's just, now that we're like 15 episodes in. I'm starting to see the connecting threads of the things that you and I each bring up multiple times. And I'm like, wow, those are the movies we really love because we talk about them all the time. Here's one of yours I don't is know Enchanted. What, I don't know what it was about Enchanted. Mm-hmm. I think I think part of it really is that it was like one of those first big musicals that we had had yeah. since like Mulan and Tarzan. Mm. It's sweet and fun and it just it makes you feel it makes you feel great. It does. It does. And like. While I don't necessarily think that it should have won the Oscar for that year, I want to throw this song some love. And I think Mm -hmm. it absolutely 100% deserves to be one of Disney's best losers. Yeah. So number eight on my list. This one is pretty easy. It was nominated for Best Original Song in 2010 from the 2009 film The Princess and the Frog. This is Almost There, Uh. written by Randy Newman and performed by Anika Noni Rose. This lost to the song The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart, which I'm just like, I'm sorry. Shut up, no. 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 But this was another one where they nominated multiple songs from the movie. And... This is one of the times where in the 90s, nominating multiple songs from the movie really sort of paid off for Disney. Mm -hmm. But as we got into the 2000s, best original song started becoming much more of a competitive category. Honestly, I think that it's because of those songs from the 90s that it actually did, Mm -hmm. that they paved the way. This is where it really starts to backfire. And Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, that... Those those songs split the vote. Because also the Academy loves Randy Newman. Like, they love him. And yeah, he I didn't I feel like the Academy has also just become so cynical about Disney, too, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But almost there. It's another I Want song. But I feel like this song is just so unique in that mm-hmm. it's an I Want song that's so upbeat. It's not a power ballad. It's like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got. It's like I want and I'm also doing swing. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the difference. It's I want, but I'm I'm in I'm in process. I'm making it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got the fun swing and the jazz behind it. Yeah. And it's such a unique song, I think, in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it really gives Tiana a chance to like really set herself apart from all of the other characters and all of the other things happening in the movie in a really, really great way. And I love this song. That song over time, like I loved it the first time I heard it, but then the more you to listen say, to it, you're like, what a great song. Like, this, oh, it's so inspirational. Become, it, it's become like a millennial anthem, to yes, be honest. I'm yes. Like, I know so many millennials anywhere. who it means so much to. Yes, me included. Like in college, me and my roommate used to blast this song at the end of the semester when things got hard. Yep. We would blast it. Yep. Ah. It's a great song. All righty. So I'm down to my final two. Mm. Number nine, 
This one, I, I still have never recovered that this song hasn't won an Oscar. This song was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in 2011, and it lost to the song We Belong Together from Toy Story 3, which I honestly totally cannot even tell you how that damn song goes. Mm. This song is I See the Light from Tangled. It was written by ah, Alan Menken yeah. with lyrics by Glenn Slater and performed by Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. This song... <laughs> this song is so good. Yeah. This song, I think, is incredibly simple. It's one of the more stripped down versions of Alan Menken's music. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just like guitar and then strings swell in later. But the guitar takes the lead in a way that like we never really get to see Alan Menken's music actually do that. Mm-hmm. And it's created just such this beautiful simple love song that again we hadn't seen that kind of love song from disney in a very very long time so close was the most recent love song we got from disney but that one was intentionally modeled after the pop ballads the pop love ballads of the 90s they even brought in the orchestrator who did all of the arrangements at the ends of like beauty and the beast and pocahontas Mm. and Hunchback, mm-hmm. they brought him in uh, to do the arrangements for So Close, which I think is sense. awesome. Wow. Yeah. But I See the Light is so different from all these other love songs. And I love the simplicity of it because there's so much happening in the world of Tangled that it's just this lovely moment where everything just sort of like stops and settles in and the lanterns are floating. And this song is like floating as well. It's just like floats in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's stunning. It was so right for the movie. And it should have won. I just feel like Tangled in general and this song specifically, people were just slow on the uptake with it. People they caught really how good it was too late. They, yep. It's weird. Too late. And the Academy, mm-hmm. I won't forgive you for it. All right. For number 10, this song was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song in spring of 2020. <laughs> It was written by two people, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, heard of them, performed by a uh, little miss named Idina Menzel featuring Aurora as the voice. This is Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Yeah. This song, God, this song is so good. It's mm-hmm. so, I like, Let It Go is, is solid and I love Let It Go and I'm so glad that Let It Go won the Oscar that year. I remember I was like walking down the street and like peering into a bar as like they were announcing best original song. I'm like looking and I'm like, Frozen won. I was talking to my dad. I was like, yeah, Frozen. (laughs) But Into the Unknown is one of those, it's one of those instances where, I don't know, like it's another one of those, it's doing something different. The structure of the song is so different from these other big I want songs and other big ballads. Like Mm. you think you know what it is during the first couple verses before the chorus, But then the second verse, you're like ready for it to return back to where it was at the start of the song. And it's different. Mm -hmm. I remember watching in the Into the Unknown, the making of Frozen 2, Mm -hmm. when Kristen Anderson Lopez was talking about the song and the actual structure of the song and how Into the Unknown, like the Into the Unknown, it's an octave. And then 
the second time she says it was the into the unknown. Like it goes a little bit beyond the octave. Like it's sort of like testing the boundaries. Mm. And then on the third one, it swells and explodes past the octave because it's Elsa coming into her power. And I'm just like, holy effing hell. Like that's so I love that. Cool. I love it so much. I'm like the lyrics and the the music are working so perfectly together with the story of what's happening. And it lost to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. No. It was a new Elton John song. And everyone, they love Elton John too. And I love Elton John. But I'm sorry. Into the Unknown was just, uh, there's so much thought behind it. Like, Was anything else Frozen 2 nominated? No. And that's my other big beef because Uh. Show Yourself... Yeah, show Mm-mm. yourself. Uh. Show yourself should have been nominated. Everyone was crapping their pants over into the unknown, even when the album came out. And you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, here's the song, here's the song. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it sort of happens early. And then you keep listening to the album, and then you get to show yourself, and you're just like, what is happening to yep. my body? Yep. Like I, it's yeah. uh, my God. My two like big Disney songs that like speak to my identity mm-hmm. are like reflection and let it go and show yourself felt like the two of them met and had a baby huh, yeah and it's like this feels like wonder twin powers activate yeah like, <laughs> yep. i'm <laughs> i'm ascending <laughs> yes alas it wasn't nominated for an oscar Dang. so it didn't make the list but okay. into the unknown ah uh, into the unknown should have taken it it mm-hmm. should have Yep. And then just real quickly, but not even getting me started on the fact that Frozen 2 wasn't even nominated for Best Animated Feature. I know. I which know, was a load of horse shit. Totally. Yeah, because that's what that I'm saying. I feel like the Academy is, is so, so jaded good. about Disney. It's so aggravating. I, I'm like, also, that movie has aged in the past year incredibly well. God, yes. Given, <laughs> given the context God, and yes. what the story actually yep. is about, yep. like, right or wrong at all costs, even if it means sacrificing your own well-being and your privilege. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. But that's my that's my playlist. So just going over the playlist one more time. You're going to start with The Age of Not Believing from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, then Candle on the Water from Pete's Dragon, Rainbow Connection from the Muppet Movie, Circle of Life from the Lion King, You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story, Go the Distance from Hercules, That's How You Know from Enchanted, Almost There from Princess and the Frog, I See the Light from Tangled, and then Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Oh, man. What a solid playlist. I'd listen to that. Yes, I would too. Okay, everybody, my playlist is simply titled Disney on Stage. And I've been wanting to talk about Disney on Broadway for quite some time. And so, oh my we're God, gonna... she's like beaming right now. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> she's just like giddy. <laughs> I love Broadway. <laughs> I really do. Such a nerd. I really, I was realizing that during. During quarantine and everything and everything that's going on, the only thing that still consistently makes me happy is Broadway. So let's go. Okay. (laughs) So I have organized this playlist by show. What I would recommend is that you – I mean, it depends how we put these together. But if you can shuffle them, shuffle them. Or you can listen to them by show. It's up to you. But I think you should shuffle because the tone can get a little repetitive otherwise. (laughs) So – 
Um, before I get started, I just wanted to note something that I read online, which is that Disney did a study of its audiences for its Broadway shows, and 70% are adults without children. And so this fact caused That's us, baby. me being one of them. <laughs> That's me. Um, this is what caused a lot of changes for Frozen specifically between the pre-Broadway tryout and the Broadway show. And they just ended up making it much more adult. And it just really made me optimistic for the future of Disney on Broadway. Because yeah. I think we might end up getting some way more like sophisticated adult shows. And I'm excited for that. So I'm, of course, going to start with the original Disney on Broadway show, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the um, Beast. Music by Beauty and the Beast. My first Broadway show. Um... I, mean, I know a lot of people's first Broadway show. Music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Howard Ashman, and then for the new songs in the Broadway show, Tim Rice, and the book by Linda Wolverton, who also wrote the screenplay. It opened on April 18th, 1994. So I have selected two songs from Beauty and the Beast because ugh, Beauty and the Beast is incredible. And the additional material for the show was just spot on. So I have chosen two songs. Also, I would like to note for this playlist, I've chosen songs that don't appear in the in the movie that the show is based on. Just to, you know, mix it up a little. There are some amazing renditions of songs that are also in the films, but we're not going to talk about those today. I had to limit myself for all of these to tops two from a show because there are so many good ones that my list was far too long. It was like 20. When I started, it was like 20 songs. So from Beauty and the Beast, I have chosen Home... And if I can't love her. <sighs> home. Mm, uh, home is wonderful. I have a very special connection to it. It was like the first song that I like sat at home and sang growing up and was like, I want to do this. I want to like be on stage, sing home. So Susan Egan, who played Belle on Broadway. Also the voice of Megara. Yes. And also Megara. Susan Egan was 22 when she played Belle on Broadway. Pause. <laughs> what in the world? I did not know that. And, and now I'm really stressed. her voice does not sound like it. She sounds like she is like, no. it's so damn sophisticated and good. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unfair. And so I was reading about, you know, her auditioning for the role. She didn't know if she wanted, if she was even interested. She had never seen the film. And so when she came in and auditioned, uh, she brought in a, yeah, she she watched the film after she finally got the role. She was like, I'll celebrate. I'll watch the movie. Um, So she brought into the room a bell that was much funnier and quirkier than the one in that we know in the animated movie and that's like kind of what got her wanted ended up getting her the roles it was just something different and this song i mean mainly makes the list because animated bell doesn't have a full-length signature song mm -hmm. i mean she gets she gets the bell reprise yeah which is no that is not okay it, it's not no. enough no what i love so much about home and if i can't love her is that the basis of the song the music from the song comes from the orchestrations of the soundtrack of the film like yes when you listen to death of the beast you will hear the main melody of home in it mm -hmm. and that's why alan menken is a genius because that pops up in several other disney on broadway shows like um in One Step Closer in The Little Mermaid, that's that's orchestrations that you can hear in the animated Little Mermaid film. Like, Alan Menken is so smart, freaking genius. That's how um, you make a cohesive unit. Yep. When you expand your material. Yeah, all these best pieces from these shows are so cohesive. It's incredible. So I feel like in the song, Belle finally gets to be the strong female lead. The song ends with her saying, nothing holds all of me. Yes. And if you happen to have watched Encore on Disney+, Plus, oh. then you get to see Susan Egan coach an actress 
through this song and she talks about approaching home as a speech and that's how you know that it's well written because you can ask the question like at the beginning bell asks is this home and susan egan's like just ask the question ask the question and she says in the journey of the song you know is actually and this is why susan egan is also a genius herself she says the song actually has a happy ending Mm -hmm. you see a lot of actresses be like you know home and free like i'm sad because i'm trapped and susan egan is like no here she's like what she's saying is someday I I know who I am and someday I'm going to be free. I'm going to go back to where my heart is. And uh, uh. I mean, so the performance coupled with just the beauty of the song and Belle finally getting her own song. No way that home can't make the list. No way. Yep. OK, so if I can't love her, honestly, when I was a little kid and I had the Beauty and the Beast cassette tape, if I can't love her, I think might have even meant more to me than home. I would sit w- by my little radio cassette player and cry listening to this song. So Terrence Mann sings If I Can't Love Her. He played the Beast. He had already played Javert. Tim Rice had already written lyrics for Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita. And If I Can't Love Her is the act one closer. It's an operatic power ballad. It's intense. It's everything. And once again, it's the main character finally getting his own song. Thank you. I love this as a great example of, of deepening. Again, it's fascinating for me that Beauty and the Beast didn't have songs for the title characters, really. But it was so successful. And so when Alan Menken was talking about writing this song, he was like, I sort of consider the Beast the protagonist, which I'm like, I don't know, but okay. And he said, because his life has changed in the most dramatic way. And I think that's like perfectly showcased in this song. It gives me all the feels. It uncovers the human side of the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds you that there's like there's a young man who's inside of him who is like wondering how how to love people. Also Wondering if he'll ever get to be a human again. Also, like, wondering if he might ever bother living. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anymore. De- he's depressed. He wonders if there is any point. He says, let the world be done with me if I can't love her. And um, I've talked about this before, but I will briefly say this song blows evermore out of the water. Mm. It is about deeper psychological issues. And, like, as I said, the beast realization that he may never be a human again. It's not totally focused on loving bell i love that there are multiple things going on in song and it's interesting because he wonders at that point if he can even love bell which i just find like i love that it's not assumed like in like in other fairy tales he's just like i don't even know if i can do it which i think yeah, is a great. i arc. like that i like that too yeah. and it's yeah i'm I swear, the first merch that we ever do for this thing is going to be a sweatshirt that says hashtag deepening but like <laughs> yeah it it, it <laughs> deepens the the beast in such a great way and i think for exactly mm-hmm. that reason of he has to consider loving bell as much as she has to consider loving yeah. him mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's not just like he's going to you know make himself love her for the sake of saving himself he's like no mm-hmm. i'm going to love her if i actually do love her not yeah. just I think for it's the so sake interesting of saving myself he, because yeah whatever it's interesting that he like also acknowledges he's like you know like She's like has a wonderful spirit, like she's beautiful, but I just like don't know. I think that's so interesting and so like yeah. not the easy way. I just ah, oh, I love it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I love I love Evermore. No, I, love I just Evermore. you know I really don't like Evermore. I'm so when I when I heard they weren't putting if I can't love her in the movie, I was already I like, wait a minute. I like Evermore. I like the tune of Evermore a lot, but I will agree with you that I think that If I Can't Love Her is much more of a complex song, and especially for the uh, stage version, is so Uh, perfect for it. Like, it is exactly as dark as it needs to be. Yes. I think I've said this exact thing before, too, but I 
One of the things burn. I saw Beauty and the Beast when I was really young, but it is burned into my mind. The Beast, his tower spinning. He is like hanging out the window, singing the song, and there's fog and there's stars. It's incredible. And like Evermore just doesn't lend itself to that kind of thing. And like Act One ending on Let the World Be Done With Me. Yes, that's exactly the kind of adult fairy tale that I want to see on Broadway. Good picks. Good picks. Thank you. Numbers three and four are both from The Little Mermaid. I couldn't pick. I couldn't narrow it down to one from The Little Mermaid. So The Little Mermaid and music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Howard Ashman, and then Glenn Slater wrote the additional lyrics for Broadway, and the book was by Doug Wright. Um, and it opened on Broadway on January 10th, 2008. So I have chosen her voice, which is Prince Eric's song. And I have also chosen the quartet, if only. Yeah. If okay. Sorry. Let me really rewind for a minute. So first of all, it was hard for me to choose because just in general for me, Sierra Bogus as Ariel is is everything to me. I she's so I remember when I saw the show and she came out and sang The World Above, which I consider putting on this as well, but it's too the themes are too similar to part of your world. But I cried because I was like, this is like Ariel is real. That's her. And I was a teenager at that point. It was she's everything in that role. Um, I have my large um, Little Mermaid Broadway coffee table book because I was fully obsessed. Um, And Alan Menken says, he was like, Sierra brings this like wonderful mixture of like the young naive girl. And if that's what you want to see, like you want to see Ariel from the movie, you'll come to this and you'll see that. But if you want to see Ariel as a woman, you'll see that too. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's part of the reason why I love If Only. First of all, I love a quartet. I love the emotion that Sierra brings to the opening of the song. It is heartbreaking. Like, if only you could know what I want to say to you. And just we we know that she thinks that in the animated movie, but I think it's wonderful that she gets a moment to let it all out and to know what is going on with everybody else. And I think it's so heartbreaking when Sebastian sings, if only I could help. Uh. So it's like you don't even think about the fact that Sebastian is also distressed and is like, I wish there was something I could do for you right now. And it's I think it's. As much for me as on in the Broadway show, the finale left a little bit to be desired. This definitely quartet ramped me up for the finale of the show. And it just gives you that epic feeling when you have four different viewpoints leading up to this one moment that is going to decide everybody's fate. Love it. It's it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. I've always wanted to sing it. If you want to sing it with me, <laughs> let's do this. Um, <laughs> and then her voice. Sean Palmer is Prince Eric. Yes, sir. His voice. First of all, his voice, (laughs) like his voice is beautiful. Um, And this one, again, I didn't write down a lot of description for this because it's just gorgeous. And I just need you just need to listen (laughs) to this song. It's 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 like beautiful and majestic and it's like kind of sexy too it's big and it's sexy and mysterious yeah at the end when he's like strange as a dream like and it gets really quiet it's sexy oh my god and then when it gets that final note and you're just sort of like it just like the way that the chord structure is Mm -hmm, the note mm -hmm. feels like it's not a finishing note and then the music continues and then eventually resolves around the sustained note that he's singing it's like oh my god it's so good it's so good and i very much appreciate the fact that his song is literally just about loving this girl and he's like 
And the last line is, come set me free. I like that we're getting that from a male character. And it's just not the female longing for the man. It's the man longing for the woman. Let's do it. It's so good. (laughs) Really, that one you just got to listen to it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Her voice is the WAP song of Little Mermaid. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) So true. (sighs) All right. Number five from The Lion King is They Live in You. So The Lion King, music by Elton John, lyrics by Tim Rice, book by Roger Ehlers, and our friend Irene Mechie. Uh, yes. Opens October 15th, 1997. But this song, They Live in You, was written by Mark Mancina, Jay Rifkin, and most notably, Lebo Amigan, the original singer of the song. So this song was originally written for uh, Rhythm of the Pride Lands, which was a Lion King-inspired album that came out after the animated movie. And on there, it was called He Lives in You. So the musical uses the song twice. First, in this version that is my favorite one, which is They Live in You, sung by Mufasa to Simba about his ancestors. And then as a reprise, He Lives in You in the second act, sung by Rafiki. Um, the song was also used in the opening sequence of The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. So oh God, everyone was this... like, this song is so good. It's this like, song is, is, oh my God. This song sets up, for me, the reason why I think the Broadway show is so successful. It's, it's just, it, there's an epic, deep vibe to it. Um, it was shocking to me, again, that this kind of moment from Mufasa is missing from the animated film. Hmm. So some of the lyrics are in Zulu, like the opening line means the lion and the leopard, and some is in another language called Sutu. So when they say mamela, that means listen. And so there are just like touches of different languages in it. I love when Rafiki reprises it, but oh my god, we so really need this moment from Mufasa. It's just wonderful. It's epic. It's gorgeous. It's dramatic. Yeah, I love it. Oh my god, yeah. I think that's what I love about this song, especially is like it. It's what I said before. I've like it. This song goes so deep. It sits so low in the core of this musical, even more than Circle of Life. I feel like if Circle of Life is like the heart of the story of Lion King, They Live in You, He Lives in You is like the center of the body. Like it's Mm -hmm. the it's Mm -hmm. like the root. Love it. Number six. Oh, my God. (laughs) From Aladdin. Excited. I'm I'm sorry I haven't gotten anything that's very like uplifting yet. We'll get there. Um, everything is very emotional and valid. Like number six from Aladdin is "Proud of Your Boy." So again, "Proud of Your Boy" was not written for the musical. It already existed, but let's rewind for a moment. So the music of Aladdin is Alan Menken again. Lyrics by Howard Ashman. Tim Rice, who rounded out the rest of the songs in the movie that Howard Ashman did not get to finish. And then for the new songs for the musical, for lyrics and for the book, we have Chad, and now pardon me, Chad, I don't 100% know how to say your last name, Beguelin, perhaps? So um, Aladdin opened on Broadway on March 20th, 2014. So Proud of Your Boy was written by Mankin and Ashman for the 1992 film, but it was cut Mm -hmm. when the role of Aladdin's mother was cut, and they just couldn't make it work without it. This is a really special Howard Ashman gem. Yeah. You can listen to him sing the demo of it. Yes, you can. Yeah, they talk about it a bunch if you you watch the the Howard documentary. (laughs) Listen to that. They made it work in the musical. Um, Aladdin's mother is not in the musical, but he sings it in memory of his late mother, which I find, ouch, my heart, that makes it even more touching. Um, It was already a cult favorite when the Broadway show was being put Mm -hmm. together because it was released as a demo, like we're talking about a compilation album in 1994. So before it was cut from the animated film, it was seen as the ballad that was going to be the show-stopping ballad from Aladdin. And it was cut, and they were like, well, Aladdin needs a ballad, hence 
a whole new world was born. So it just goes to show you, speaking of the circle of life, I mean, it's so interesting. Um, and it was a whole new final... world ended up winning the Oscar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, it's the final Mencken-Ashman collaboration, which makes it all the more special. Oh, God. And Chad Beguelin, I hope I'm saying that correctly, adjusted the script of the musical to fit as many of Ashman's songs as possible in. Thank you, Chad. Oh, my God. Um, and he, and so when so they were putting together inside. the musical, they were like... Proud of your boy. It's the first thing they brought up. They're like, proud of your boy is going into the musical. Um, it gives such a great insight into the way that Aladdin has such a low opinion of himself, which then perfectly explains and sets up everything he decides to do later on, which is lie. And you're like, when you when you think low of yourself, you're going to do that. And I cry. I get goosebumps every time I hear this song. It's one of my favorite Disney songs. They said, right by, this is very sad, right before he passed, right before Howard passed, he was listening to, because a lot of, for the, for the animated film, um, the singers um, auditioned with Proud of Your Boy. And so he, one of the last things he was doing was listening to the audition tapes. It's, a, it's the biggest tearjerker for me on the list. It's gorgeous. <sighs> I can't talk about it anymore. It really makes me very upset. <laughs> All right. Moving on to number seven. This is Made of Stone from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. Music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Stephen Schwartz, and the book of the musical was by Peter Parnell. The book of the – this started off as a German musical, and the book was by James Lapine, but they kind of did some yeah. reworking when it came to the U.S. So Hunchback of Notre Dame, as I'm sure most of you know, never came to Broadway – it's wrong. It should be have been on Broadway. It will be one day. I have faith. So it ran at La Jolla Playhouse in 2014 and Paper Mill Playhouse in 2015 before they announced that it would be, not be transferring to Broadway. So, I mean, huh, where do I even begin with the Hunchback musical? Please listen to the whole album. I'm fully obsessed because even the songs that you know are given such fresh and emotional interpretations by these performers. Um, the La Jolla, I mean, every production uses a choir of some kind. The La Jolla production used the Sacra Profana, a 32-member choir. They're on stage the whole time. Mm. Like, you just don't see that. I mean, that's probably part of what made it not commercially viable. It's probably very expensive. But, but you know uh, what? Anyway, F it. If mean, Disney doesn't have the money for it, who does? Like, come I on. I mean, I agree with you. I know, but that's why Frozen should have stayed open. So, Made of Stone. First of all, just please listen. Like I said, please listen to the whole album. Michael Arden's version of Out There. Um, Sierra Renee's version of God Help the Outcasts. Oh, my gosh. But Made of Stone. One of the things I love about it is that it echoes a passage from the novel in which Quasimodo wishes that he was made of stone. This is like, this is pretty much like an aria. And it gives us a much needed look into what Quasimodo is going through when everything in the plot starts falling apart. And the song ends with him facing what comes next alone. So up until this point, the choir slash the gargoyles are always around or always giving him input. He's talking to them. He's asking them for advice. And by the end of the song, he's like, leave me alone. Go away. And they're like, okay, we will leave you alone. It's heartbreaking. Another thing that I loved, another change they made to this song between the German version and the American version is the German version has Quasimodo singing this song of despair because he finds out that Esmeralda is in love with Phoebus and doesn't love him. And the American version changed it to Quasimodo is upset because he feels like Esmeralda is about to die and it's all his fault. Yeah, that's yeah, what it that's is. Yeah, that's the choice. That is <laughs> much more important than him losing, you know, his crush. Thank you for that change. Um, but yeah, you get a wonderful taste in this recording of Michael Arden's performance in the show, which is <sighs> uh, absolutely everything. And yeah, but like I said, this is a wonderful song, but you gotta listen to the whole album. All right, number eight from Frozen. 
This was difficult. I, I didn't go with the typical choice in this. So anyway, Frozen, as we know, music and lyrics by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez in the book of the Broadway shows by Jennifer Lee. It opened on Broadway on March 22nd, 2018. And sadly, because of COVID, will not be returning when Broadway reopens, which is wrong. It's wrong. So choosing a Frozen song was tough because a lot of the new material I think is really wonderful. I love like Dangerous to Dream almost made this list for me, which Elsa sings like around her coronation. It's beautiful. So what I think Connor probably thought I would put on this list was True Love, which is Anna's new song. I didn't. Here's why. (sighs) Uh, Number one, True Love, when the show was still on Broadway, was removed from the show. That never should have happened. That never should have happened. Anna needs a song there. And I think the theme of the song was exactly right. For those of you who aren't familiar with the musical, True Love hits after Anna has found out that Hans does his stupid ass turn Mm -hmm. and she realizes that she has been locked uh, and left for dead. Mm -hmm. And she realizes that True Love isn't what she thought it would be. Yeah, we need a ballad for Anna there. We need her to sing about how her ideas of love have changed. But for me, the song, when I re-listened to it because I thought I was going to choose it, I can't put my finger on what it is. It's not totally my favorite composition-wise, hence my choice here. So the song that I chose is What Do You Know About Love, which is a new song for the musical that Kristoff and Anna sing together as they are setting off on their adventure. So they introduced this song before Frozen opened. They would do Frozen Fridays and drop some new things. And ever since the first time I heard the song, I thought it was catchy. It was stuck in my head. I love that we get to build some of the chemistry for Anna and Kristoff. Um, and it gets reprised beautifully later on in Kristoff Lullaby, um, where Kristoff is like, oh my gosh, I am falling in love with Anna. I think Patty Murin and Jelani Aladdin are perfect in these roles. And I honestly, part of it is I thought this playlist just needed something that's fun. <laughs> so that's why I put it <laughs> on here. Um, and the song is really fun and bouncy and catchy. And during the song, Anna gets to save the day, which I love. And just listen to the song with the appreciation that as they're singing the song at different points, both Anna and Kristoff are hanging off of a bridge. So the actors are like fully holding their own body weights. Um, Anna is upside down and they continue the song. So thank you. Um, it's really fun and catchy. I think you'll enjoy it. It was hard to decide for Frozen. So we're going to go with this Fair one. Enough. I think you'll have fun. All right. Numbers nine and ten. We're rounding the corner. This is the oh, end. Oh, you only chose Our... one from Frozen. Yes, I only chose one song from Frozen and it is because I had to choose two songs from our final show. Of course, there are many Disney and Broadway shows that did not make it. It was difficult, people. But I chose two songs from Aida. Oh. I am deeply, deeply obsessed with Aida. Mm. Aida crept into my heart and mind um, when I was in middle school. <laughs> the music is by Elton John. The lyrics are by Tim Rice. The book by Linda Wolverton, again, yes. Uh, Robert Falls and David Henry Huang. And it opened on Broadway on March 23rd, 2000. And the revival was currently in rehearsals when COVID happened. Don't even, it was one of the things that I was like looking forward to the most coming up. And now that we don't know that it's not, now that we don't know what's happening with that, it's really, it really is a huge downer for me. It really ruined my year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Y'all, if you don't know about Aida, it is based on the opera. First of all, Aida had two pre-Broadway tryouts. I won't get into the plot. It's like a b- bunch to explain and we're running out of time, but I want to talk about the development of the show. And the songs that I chose. So Aida had two pre-Broadway tryouts. Thank you, Disney Money. Thank you very much. And in its first inception at the Alliance Theater, 
It was called Elaborate Lives, The Legend of Aida. Um, so one of the songs that I've chosen from Aida is Elaborate Lives. So Elaborate Lives is the song that Aida, played by Heather Headley, huh, we'll get to her in a moment, Ooh, um, and Rodemies, played by Anna Pascal, sing to each other when they finally admit that they are in love with each other. Elaborate Lives. I I had to choose between Elaborate Lives and their other duet, which is written in the stars, which is stunning as well. But that's kind of where they're like, we can't be together. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like the Disney standard that comes out of Aida. Like if you look in like the song books and stuff like that. Yes. Written in the stars. Elton John released a cover of it with some somebody and it like hit the billboard charts. It's it's more, yeah, mainstream. Yeah. Elaborate Lives is just very, very sexy. Um, I love that it is, woo! I Because I've also seen, like, the video of what the choreography was for this, and it's just them just, like, running each other's hands over each other's bodies. Yes, yes. You love those songs. I, you love the hand-wrapping songs. Do. I do. It's just like as long as you're mine. I, love, I know. I love when they kneel together, rub each other's bodies, and just are like, actually, I'm in love with you. I just love some kneeling and petting choreography. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm honestly getting a little warm. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I feel like I'm blushing. She's, yeah, she's getting red. Look, she's like getting red right now. <laughs> she's getting like a tomato. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, I love that this is a love confession song, but the title doesn't give that away at all. So you could read through your playbill before the show and not know if these people are going to end up together. I love that. And I honestly will just always swoon for a, a secret forbidden love confession song. And I love Aida and Rodemies as a couple. I think it's uh, super romantic and wonderful, which brings me to my other choice from Aida, which is Easy as Life, sung by Heather Headley. Heather Headley plays Aida. She won the Tony. And this is the song um, where Aida decides that she must betray Rodemies in order to save her father, who is the Nubian king, who has been captured by the Egyptians. Um, which means that, like, the distraction for getting her father back home would be Rodemies' wedding to Amneris. So that she's going to have to tell him, I can't be with you. You need to go marry somebody else because she knows it's for the good of her father and her people and her country. And Amneris sings My Strongest Suit. Which is Amneris is also her songs are incredible too. I know the truth is is also amazing. But Heather Headley. So I almost chose Shadowland from Lion King because that song's amazing. But I knew we were gonna get to Heather Headley because we need to talk about her. My freaking goodness. Um, this woman's voice paired with her acting. I mean, you can find clips of this online. Listen, y'all, I know, like I've said before, I don't condone bootlegs, but one of the things that has truly been getting me through quarantine is the account on Instagram. At B-Way Belters. Oh, yes. Um, and you can see a clip of hers of Heather Headley as Aida. To me, her in this show, because I've also seen the full bootleg of it, <laughs> is the perfect marriage of belting for the gods and deep heartfelt acting. If you watch this video, the veins are popping out of her head, out of her neck, like, but in a healthy way. She's got an extremely, she's an extremely, like, healthy singer. Like, it's not that. It's the emotion. This performance is truly out of this world. I am so glad that she won the Tony and people appreciated that. It's truly iconic. Heather Headley is one of the, is, like, one of the theater gods to me. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, But yeah, she was the original Nala in The Lion King as mm -hmm. well, and they were like, oh, she's good. Let's make her Aida. So, yeah, if you don't know anything about Aida, I know it's sometimes it's one that kind of, like, falls by the wayside. Oh, go. Go now. Go <laughs> right clapped. now. <laughs> you clap. 
<laughs> I love Aida. <laughs> All right. That's it. Connor was really nice to me. He said I could have a bonus song. I'm going to talk about it really fast. Yeah. Agent of Chaos. This is her, this is her bonus Thank song. Thank you. Thank you. It's because, um, okay, fine. I know that Hunchback was never on Broadway either, but this was like never even going to be on Broadway. This is from Finding Nemo the Musical, which um, is playing question mark. Will it play in the future in Animal Kingdom in Disney World? Who knows? Um, Kristen and Bobby Lopez again. Yes. So they were asked, it opened in January 2007. They were asked to write the music and they were like, we're doing this and we needed to be Broadway caliber because we know that young, really, really young kids are going to see this and we want them to watch it and be like, I want to do that. I want to pursue a career in theater. And it just shows. And so I pick In the Big Blue World. I love In the Big Blue World. In the Big Blue World is just lovely and sweet and fun. Um, it's just so good. Just listen in to it. <laughs> yeah, it'll also get stuck in your head. And they use it in the Seas with Nemo and Friends they as do. well. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. And I just want to give a little shout out to that and say that we are thinking, as we said before, of all the out of work um, Disney actors right yeah. now. That one's so that's for it. you. <laughs> so as a summary, we've got Home from Beauty and the Beast. If I Can't Love Her from Beauty and the Beast. Her voice from The Little Mermaid, if only from The Little Mermaid. They Live in You from The Lion King. Proud of Your Boy from Aladdin. Made of Stone from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. What Do You Know About Love from Frozen. Elaborate Lives from Aida. And Easy as Life from Aida. With a bonus of in the big with a big bonus blue of the big blue world. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. That's such a good playlist. Thank you for this Broadway moment. All right. So now that you have both of our playlists, we're going to leave you with one final playlist that Caroline and I made together. This is our Disney music playlist to help get you ready for the holiday season. Yay! Yay! <laughs> So we're going to start, we're going to transition you from fall to winter holidays with this playlist. So Mm -hmm. to start off, you're going to listen to Some Things Never Change from Frozen 2. We've talked about this in a cold open. Like Frozen 2 is the perfect fall album. It is, is, it's, it's a fall album. It's great. And Some Things Never Change is just like, it's such a good fall song and we need fall songs like mm-hmm. yeah I agree. we need things to get us ready for thanksgiving and stuff like that because people jump yeah. right to the christmas music i do the same thing and yes, i want I a couple do too, more but i would love thanksgiving songs i want a yeah. couple more thanksgiving songs yeah. um the next song is bless us all from the muppets christmas carol and while yes this is a song that is attached to a christmas movie the the sentiment and the lyrics of bless us all i think are very fitting with thanksgiving and with both mm-hmm. holidays so i think it's like a real good little taste of both in in one song exactly all right coming up next we're going to sprinkle in a little christmas so we've got what's this from the nightmare before christmas so of course the nightmare before christmas is a halloween movie mm-hmm. so we've got a touch of fall but we're singing about Christmas and about the first signs of Christmas. So I think it's a good transition song. And it's just, it, it's a bop. And then after that, now we've, we're stepping into Christmas. Stepping into Christmas. So since we're going there, we are going to ring in the season 
from Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Connor and I freaking love Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Um, And this song just makes you feel happy. (laughs) All right. Um, Tell him what's next. (laughs) So this next song. Um, (laughs) Okay, so this is a beautiful song. I don't think it's inherently Christmas, but it's attached to a garbage movie that is that is Christmas, and that is Nutcracker in the Four Realms. So this is Fall on Me. Oh, I still haven't seen it. Don't. I'm expecting to like it. I don't know. No? Okay. <laughs> well, you should watch it. Okay, I will. This season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, watch it and document yourself watching it. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the song Fall on Me by Andrea Bocelli and his son. <laughs> I love this. I love the song. I think it's. I think it's really beautiful. I love. Oh, Andrea when you Bocelli first introduced this song to me, I was like, "Yeah, this it's, is a nice old power. Like, not even power ballad. I don't even know. Like, it's, it's dramatic. just like a good. I love oh, it. God, it's so good. Um, yeah. Fun story about. It. <laughs> so Connor introduced this song to me, and he by showing me the music video, which features Andrea Bocelli and the other guy in it who sings the song with him, and <laughs> Connor was like. Oh my gosh, yeah, Andrea Bocelli like sings it, you know, with his I think that's like his lover, like his his partner, like his boyfriend. And I was like, oh wow, that's so romantic. <laughs> so I see my parents at Christmas and my family loves Andrea Bocelli. And I was like, you guys, you gotta listen to this Andrea Bocelli song. Look at this video. Like he sings it with his lover. Like I didn't even know. <laughs> and I show it to my parents, and my mom is like, that's his son <laughs> that's not his lover she was outraged oh. she and connor she immediately got her phone to text connor i was like that is andrea bocelli's son what are you talking about she was like what's wrong with you that's his son i, I said that, that to her that the other day i was like you told connor what's wrong with you <laughs> oh, I, I totally believe what connor told me because i'm like oh it's so romantic it fall on me with his his love. I was <laughs> just son. looking for LGBT everywhere, I guess. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, and then our next song, another hit from Olaf's Frozen Adventure, is That Time of Year. And we selected this one because this is such a great holiday song because it just pulls so many different traditions together in one song, in like a really, really fun makes you want to decorate yeah it's some nice representation for yeah a lot more holidays than christmas which yeah i think is important true so then after that time of year we have another muppet christmas carol song it feels like christmas Uh, this is just another one of those where it's like what can you say what can you say christmas carol is like you gotta watch that every year yeah it's the ghost of christmas present who is the most like Uh, jolly freaking muppet that has mm -hmm. ever existed so good so good our next choice, oh, this is this is just a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, this was like the first one we put on the list pretty much. Yeah. This is As Long As There's Christmas. Many, many reasons. It's from Beauty and the Beast. We love Beauty and the Beast. It's Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted mm-hmm. Christmas. Freaking awesome. And this song, it's so, it's so good. It's like, a, it's hopeful. It tugs at your heartstrings. It does. And it, yeah. and it just, it makes you feel really good good about the world and i need that right now for christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> so as yep. long as there's oh, christmas uh, love it all right <laughs> love next it. up next up we have peace on earth 
which is from the live-action Lady and the Tramp adaptation. Um, That was the first thing I ever watched on Disney Plus when it came out last year. This movie definitely, they, they, as you know from the original Lady and the Tramp, the Christmas happens within it, but they really lean into the Christmas in this one. And this is sung by the actress who plays Mother, and she sings um, La La Lou in this as well. And she has a stunning voice. She's wonderful. I loved her in that part, in that movie. The movie's wonderful. You gotta watch it. But she sings this at the end of the movie. I'm gonna get choked up um when like everything spoiler alert turns out okay and the snow is falling and it's like this very very quiet simple song like i i want people to sing this at church services and it literally is just about everything being peaceful and everything being okay Mm. oh yeah it's so moving Mm. and number 10 our last song i think this was the first song that we put yeah it is (laughs) this is a no-brainer this one honestly oh god i feel like i'm gonna get choked i think i'm about to literally right now this song makes me think of caroline um oh my god (laughs) uh the song makes me think of caroline it makes me think of our home that we've built together around the holidays when we decorate and everything like that you want to say what it is (laughs) it's when we're together from olaf's frozen adventure um this song (laughs) it's it's like it's the disney christmas song yeah it's what christmas is literally all about i mean oh my goodness it makes me think (sighs) of my family and when i'm in new york Mm -hmm. it makes me think of my family in maryland it makes me think Mm -hmm. of caroline who is my chosen family like it's oh it it's just about it doesn't matter what else you have at the holidays as long as you're with the people that you love yeah, it's that yeah. feeling of getting back to the people that you love, yeah. like getting back to your mm-hmm. family. Like for me, I love taking like the train home or the mm-hmm. bus home and that like the first few hours of like when I'm almost there and like when I'm in the car and I yeah, pull into the that's driveway. So real. I would play it when I'd walk into my apartment and I'd stupidly time it out on the street so that when I walked into the apartment like it would be still be playing and I'd see Caroline making dinner and and then we'd just like decide to that night you know start decorating for Christmas because why the (laughs) hell not and yeah (laughs) the song's really special to me and I think this song is really special to us and yeah it's great I have a huge lump in my throat (laughs) I know so just to go back over the holiday playlist we start with Some Things Never Change from Frozen 2, then Bless Us All from Muppets Christmas Carol. Then What's This from The Nightmare Before Christmas, and then Ring in the Season from Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Then Fall on Me from Nutcracker in the Four Realms, and then That Time of Year from Olaf's Frozen Adventure. It Feels Like Christmas from A Muppet Christmas Carol. As Long as There's Christmas from Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas. Peace on Earth from the live-action Lady and the Tramp. And When We're Together from Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I think this is a great mix, too. We actually really mixed up the styles within this one. I think this is a really a nice yeah. playlist, if I do say so myself. So that's one that you can play in order. You don't have yeah, to shuffle that Yeah, I totally one. agree. I you actually you definitely should right. do it in order. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on our Facebook page. That's very helpful to us. And make sure that you recommend it to a friend who might like to listen to this as well. We love having more people involved. Yes, and 
As we always say, please follow us on social media. We are at Poor Unfortunate Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And we are at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. And as you know, it does take a little bit of money to keep bringing this podcast to you. So if you have a couple extra dollars that you can spare to help support us so that we can keep bringing you this Disney content, you can follow the link that is in the episode description or any of the links to our PayPal account on our social media accounts. And yeah, we would really appreciate anything that you might have to spare. All right. So we don't know who the president is right now. We don't know who is in control of the Senate. You know, the Democrats are supposed to hold the House. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe when you're all listening to this, you will. And hopefully it'll be a lot better off than where we are now. Mm -hmm. So until then, give yourself a break. Listen to this podcast and then listen to these playlists and give yourself that sort of mental break to check in with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And this year of all years... If you're ready for Christmas and you want to listen to Christmas music and you want to decorate, don't let anybody steal that from you because yeah, this year has been hard enough. Just do it. Let's go. Stay safe out there. Be well. Wear a mask. Hold on to your joy. And Baluga Sabruga, bitches. bitches.